mushrooms. No one knew how they got there. You were there the day before, there was no trace of mushrooms. And now, there's a perfect circle of them. These were known as fairy circles. And people imagined sort of woodland nymphs, woodland fairies coming to have a jamboree, and these were their chairs. Little fairies, of course. These were their chairs where they celebrated whatever were their rituals of the night. We would later learn that, of course, mushrooms are, they're not solo organic entities. They're, in fact, that one spore can generate many, many mushrooms. And if a spore drops in one spot, it can work its way out and get ready for just when the conditions are right, just the right temperature, just the right humidity. And then they all pop up equidistant from where that spore first dropped. So explanations came later to these phenomena. And of course, we know epilepsy is the result of random firing of the brain, uncontrolled firing, that leaves you helpless in the presence of a brain gone awry. So what we found is that things started to change in the rise of the experiment. If you go back in time to Aristotle's day, people imagined that you could just sit in a chair and just think about the universe. Didn't have to go out and test it. You just thought it up. Aristotle imagined that heavy things fell faster than light things. Of course, yes, a rock falls faster than a feather. The feather feels the air resistance on its way down. But take a heavy rock and a light rock, they'll actually fall together at the same rate. Aristotle, however, said that the heavy one will fall faster than the light one in direct proportion to its weight. This is patently false. And it would take Galileo 1,500 years later to demonstrate that this was the case. He describes the experiment of dropping two balls from the side of the leaning tower of Pisa. And they're both falling at exactly the same rate, hitting the ground at the same time. Of course, that would happen with a rock and a feather. You just have to evacuate the air from where you're doing the experiment. And in fact, that was indeed done, that very experiment on the surface of the moon by our first astronauts there on Apollo 11, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. So what I want to do for this lecture is focus on several stunning examples of profound mysteries that plagued the deepest thinkers of their day, but ultimately got explained. There was a single biggest scientific mystery of the 19th century. It preoccupied the greatest minds of that period. And what it related to was at the core of our understanding of space itself. What's behind it? Well, we know that waves require some kind of material medium through which to travel. And the best and most common example of a wave is sound. Sound moves through air, but if you take away the air, it cannot propagate. You may have remembered this experiment. It might have happened in your high school uh, uh, science class. You have a ringing bell, and you enclose that bell in a glass container, and you start pumping the air out of that glass container, and the ringing bell gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer to hear. And at some point, you don't hear it at all, yet you still see it clanging away. That's evidence that sound cannot pass through the vacuum that you just created. Well, if light is a wave, then it too must require some kind of medium through which to travel. 
Here's the problem. Empty space is a vacuum, and we know that light reaches us from empty space. The moon is in space, the sun is in space, the stars are out in space, and there's a vacuum between us. So it was hypothesized that no, there's not air out there. There's got to be something, some, some substance, some medium that light requires for it to propagate. And we gave it a name. We, my, my, my science ancestors of that period, we gave it a name. It was called the ether. The ether. We ought to be able to measure it. Two scientists came along. This is in the late 1800s. The physicist Albert Michelson and the chemist Edward Morley. Two American scientists. And they got together, collaborated, and perfected a new kind of tool called the interferometer. It's a special instrument.